PCOD control audits, or what some refer to as PCOD process audits, or a performance audit, or a compliance audit, are something our guest, PCOD expert Lynn Larson, is well familiar with. We, are chat we were chatting recently, and she mentioned that she, through her company, Recharged Education, just finished a PCOD control audit for a larger mid-sized company, and some of the things she found absolutely astounded her, although she would never use the word astounded, I'm sure. Make sure you stick around until the end when she says some of these findings control weaknesses that you could very well have in your operation and not even realize it. So, Lynn, perhaps you could start off by leveling the proverbial playing field and explain what is a PCOD control audit? Well, it's a lot like it sounds, Mary. Um, <laughs> it, it's looking at the internal controls established for a card program. And first, uh, identifying whether an organization is uh, following what they say they're, they're doing. You know, they might say they do X and are they really doing X? Yep. As well as um, just, you know, verifying the effectiveness of the controls. Okay. So you have to test the controls. You want to make sure that they're being followed and that they're working in a okay. nutshell. Yeah, that's good. A good one. All right. So do you think that most people even realize they should be auditing controls? What do you think it's something that gets ignored? Well, um, I, I think a lot of organizations overlook it. Um, you know, so much emphasis is put on transaction auditing, which mm -hmm. of course is important, but you have the other side to that um, where, you know, an organization might go about and establish what they think is a really robust control mm -hmm. environment. But unless you actually do, you know, like these process audits, compliance audits, whatever term you want to use to test the effectiveness you, you might have controls that aren't actually working as mm. intended, you know, so that, of course, can open the door to fraud and, mm -hmm. you know, just leave yourself, um, if not fraud, but just open to a lot of problems, a lot of discrepancies. Um, so you really have to pay attention to the whole piece. Do your transaction, aud transaction auditing, but also look at your controls and test them, verify them, not just, you know, what the cardholders and managers are doing but as well as what the P-Card program manager is doing um, and all the others that support the program. I know, Lynn, like one of the things that I say when I talk about internal controls in general, and it sounds like it would be the same thing with P-Cards, although you all um, certainly shed some light on this, is that when you have a weak internal control, the folks who know about it best and therefore are best uh, placed to take advantage of it if they should uh, desire to do so are your employees. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the closer you are to something, um, you know, you know more ways around it. So that right. that's certainly true. Uh, and I think too, when organizations, let me let me go back a little bit, when mm -hmm. they establish controls, and then if they do these audits, um, and they find problems, they find gaps or issues that should be closed, you know, the last part of that is fix it you know, do something about it. Well, the, you're laughing, but that maybe we're getting ahead of ourselves. You know, I was going to save these things for the end. Right. Uh, but really, you know, they they find things and then it's maybe a, a lack of assigning responsibility um, to someone to close the gap. Maybe it's just lack of follow-up. Whatever the case may be, once you've discovered uh, an issue, you need to, you know, close it, fix, fix it. Fix it. Now, exactly. also don't add it to your to-do list that maybe it'll get done three months, six months from now. Exactly. All right. So you convinced me, Lynn, we should be doing this. Where do we start? 
Well, I think, um, you know, I mean, this is something I do, but it's either an external person like myself to come in or your internal auditing group. I wouldn't put it in the hands of a program, you know, manager or administrator because they should be looked at too as, as part of the audit. Um, so, you know, number one, get it on a schedule, get it on a rotation. I say annually, but, you know, even every other year um, can do the job as well. It just depends on really how many findings you have and, and whether you fix them or not. Uh, but, you know, to get things going, an auditor or an external person uh, should be looking at the organization's most recent um, PCARD risk assessment or risk analysis that was completed because that is the document that would be documenting the controls that are established. And, you know, I guess I should say that's another piece where organizations often overlook completing one or keeping one up to date. But let's assume that you've got a current risk analysis, then the auditor could start going through that saying, oh, okay, you say this, well, let's, you know, dig deeper and, and see if, if this really pans out and, and how well it's working. So you've got that. Um, I alluded to the past audit results. That would be another thing. You know, of course, a, a year ago, if you found XYZ wrong with the program, make that a good part or a starting point for your current audit. You know, did it get fixed? And, and how well is the fix working? So that's the other piece. And then even, you know, just take your, your PCARD program policies and procedures, you know, take that manual and start um, going through to verify that all the things and all the pieces that uh, supposedly are in place truly are. So those three pieces would be a good starting point. So one of the things on the AP side I like to recommend don't know if this would work on PCODs, but you'll tell me, is that when you have a new hire, sometimes that's a good person to have go through the uh, your controls to make sure you're doing everything you say you're doing? Well, actually, I don't know, Mary. I haven't even tried that approach. Um, so thank you for the tip. <laughs> that would be good, though. I mean, you do, it, it can be better, obviously. So on that note, um, to have somebody less familiar or unfamiliar with the yeah. program, for that matter. And that's why you know, when I say have an internal or external person doing it, um, you know, a lot of organizations have said to me, we want an external person because you don't know the employees, you know, right. names don't mean anything to you. So, you know, you don't have a, a preconceived notion going into it or some kind of bias. And, you know, you can really just take a, a clean look is what I'll say. But, you know, it, that's not to say internal auditors can't do the job, but, you know, many just say we want an external person. Okay. New hire? Okay, that's a good tip, too. <laughs> okay. Before we get to some of the really interesting things that Lynn has encountered, we'd like to remind you that we tackle the big accounts payable and payment issues on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And on Saturdays, well, sometimes we just have a little wordle fun. So check out our channel for a full range of videos to help you expand your accounts payable and payment knowledge. And by the way, Lynn has done a number of these episodes with us, so you'll be in for a, a treat with her. So Lynn, the part that I'm always interested in, what are some of these odd things that you've found when you've done a PCARD process or control audit uh, for some of your clients? Well, you know, and I mentioned to you, Mary, in advance even that sometimes um, transactions are yes. the, the most bizarre <laughs> thing. And we can yes. talk about those too, if there's time. But um, again, getting back to the process piece of things, you know, the separation of duties issue uh, tends to be a big deal, I think, because especially when you have a small staff, it mm -hmm. is a little more challenging to accomplish that. But organizations often fail to separate key duties, especially related to accounting aspects. So here's one example. Um, there was an organization where 
the PCARD program manager would download a file of reconciled transactions from the issuer. And that came in a, a text file format. And he might be looking at it and noticing some coding errors when it comes to accounting codes or budget codes. And right within that text file, he would correct the codes and then he would turn around and upload it into mm -hmm. the finance system. So, you know, I'm sure some of you that are listening to this are just cringing because uh, one, you really don't want to be editing no. a text file. I mean, that just leaves no audit trail unless no. someone sat side by side between what had come from the issuer or been in the issuer system to what, what's in the finance system. But also one person shouldn't be downloading that file, have the ability to, to change it, upload it into the finance system, um, nor should that person who is dealing with the, the file shouldn't even have access, um, at least, you know, not an edit, editable right. access uh, to the finance system. You know, so that's one thing. And so I've had organizations say, well, we have such a small staff, but I'm like, you've got at least two people, you know, someone can download that file and then it can be parked in a, a shared drive and, and someone else can be uploading it and, and doing the second half of the process. You know, so that's a big deal. Um, you know, and then just to go back to transactions for a minute, I had one organization who hired me, Recharged Education, to do both a, a transaction audit as well as, you know, more of these process audits mm -hmm. and looking at their policies and procedures. Well, I got into the transactions, first of all, and I <laughs> that saw- That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, in the, the thing that, well, here, the thing that was fun uh, were just tons of transactions with a local deli, you know, and that's not typically something you would see on a, a P card, um, even if it had been uh, a whole travel card program. Right, um, right. I wouldn't have expected to see so many local transactions. Mm -hmm. And so then I, I asked the, the organization, I said, you know, what, tell me the story or what's going on with all these, these deli, you know, food, food transactions. Well, unfortunately, it was mostly conducted or, or carried out by uh, someone at a high director level. Mm. And, you know, they, the organization's response is, well, he loves food. Um, you know, he just me, enjoys. Me <laughs> And, and, and apparently they were all business luncheons and, and he was taking out local leaders. I don't know. Um, I just said, well, you know, that that is something to look at because, you know, as I dug deeper and got into their policies and procedures, I realized they don't say one way or another if a, a P card can be used in this manner. Right. You know, uh, and so that is a, a key thing that organizations overlook um, their policies and procedures might be lacking in terms of, um, you know, what they say is prohibited mm -hmm. or allowed or, you know, really drawing the line. Uh, and and that actually, then that carries me into yet another story. Yeah. Uh, I found one organization, I was all set to get started. And I said, okay, can you uh, provide your policies and procedures? And we mentioned that's, that's a good starting point. Right. And what they handed me was, well, not handed, it was electronic, <laughs> but what they gave me was a one page document. I said, Great. this is it. Yeah. And, and I looked at that and it had a few key points, you know, don't use the card, you know, for personal purchases. And yeah. it had a few things in there, but one page, I would say most manuals, if they are robust, um, are at least 15 pages, you yeah. know, because you've got some procedures in there too. I'm not saying it's all policy, um, but one page is not enough. One page is not enough. And, and the more I learned, then it was, oh, well, and we share cards. Like ah. if so-and-so <laughs> needs to go to the store, they'll go get their manager's card. And I'm like, ah, don't tell me that. 
but then again, you know, I looked at their one page and it said nothing about uh, card sharing. Um, it said no personal purchases. And so I'm not saying fraud was happening, but this is a control problem. Um, this was something I said you shouldn't do. You know, you do want to hold well, each only, card holder that, accountable. Lynn, if there's a shared card and there's uh, an inappropriate purchase, you have no idea who made it. Right. Right. I know. I, I mean, there's so many things wrong with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that was that was something. Um, oh, what else can I tell you, Mary? Um, boy, I have to think about this. Um, I have a couple notes here. Let me look. Oh, let me let me let me, you know, share another one uh, related to the accounting um, aspect. There was one organization who told me that if they had any transactions that were um, awaiting a vendor credit, you know, something the vendor did was wrong. Uh, well, or maybe someone returned something. They just short paid the bill. And okay. so, you know, you are obligated to pay your issuer in full each month and then deal with um, whether it be a formal dispute that you have already initiated with your issuer or someone is just working with the vendor to, to get a credit. Um, you need to pay that bill in full and then, you know, um, work it out from there. I mean, then, you know, when you truly get a credit, you get a credit. That's fine. And and so, you know, this had been going on for months. I bet you and, a lot of people do that. Oh, I don't know. I, w I was surprised at this one because, you know, eventually they reached a point where the issuer said, you owe X. And I'm trying to remember, it, it was like $7,000, I think. You owe X amount. And they were like, well, what do you mean? And, and it was just a mess. It was because a mess. Because the credits from didn't come aspect. through, probably. Or they did, and just everything got wonky in the end. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just couldn't, you know, you, you need, well, as you know, from just accounting accounts yeah. payable in general, do that balancing, you know, do that, you know, reconciliation. Well, I'm a little surprised they had that many credits. Um, I don't know. Maybe. Nature of the business. It could be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just something. I, I don't yeah. want to comment on, on who they were, but um <laughs> You know, so it's it's things like that. So, you know, you get separation of duties. It's, you know, policies and procedures that are lacking. Um, it's just things, you know, so at the beginning, I was alluding to robust policies or controls rather, and, you know, organizations not testing them. I find more there are just lacking controls. Okay. You know, um, not so much they're not doing what they say. It's more like they are doing what they say, but what they say isn't enough. They don't say too much. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so just so many, you know, things you could just dive into. But, you know, when I get into an organization, I mean, I really try to look at a card program from nine different areas. You know, I'm looking at accounting aspects. Um, I'm looking at the program management aspect. That would be another thing, to be honest, when I say lacking You've got your standard policies and procedures that cardholders, managers are supposed to be following. But then there should be, you know, something that that program administrator or manager of the program is referring to. And that's documenting when they do certain things and, and you know, checklists and tasks and, and all of the follow through that they should be doing. Many organizations don't have that. They don't have what that person's job entails. Maybe they have a job description, but they don't have things written out. So you know, it's just another way where I'm like, okay, do you do X? I don't know. Yeah, well, we do, but it's not written down anywhere. So Yeah. And then that means that when somebody leaves, when the new person comes, they may not know that they're supposed to be doing X. Well, exactly. Because <laughs> exactly. there's no documentation of it. You know, well, so just a lot of things lacking. But, you know, yeah. to go back for a minute, if you want to be really 
um, making sure an organization is doing what they say, you know, that piece of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, then it's looking at things like the training aspect, you know, are they really training cardholders before they issue the card to those employees? Um, you know, are they doing um, account closures on a timely basis? Right. Again, right. according you know, according to their rules. So mm -hmm. it's things like that. But, you know, in so many cases, you don't know what you're missing unless someone comes in and no. tells you what you're missing. No. And then people, I'm sure, are horrified when they see what uh, went on. Well, maybe. But again, do they take action? I mean, now I'm still going back to that. You know, yeah. I've done projects with organizations like this where, right. you know, I try to follow up with them a few months later, you know, and, and oh, we, we just haven't gotten to that yet. Right. Great. Like, well, and the money's right. going out the door. Well, who knows? <laughs> yeah. But yep. I cry. <laughs> so speaking of controls, and Lynn alluded to this, one of the biggest headaches for more than a few organizations is employees who put personal purchases on company cards. Lynn has a lot of insights on that, that issue, which she shared with us in a recent video. You can watch it right now using a link that will appear momentarily on your YouTube screen as in, and is in the show notes below. We'll also include some links to other broadcasts featuring Lynn and, of course, a link to the Recharged Education website. As always, we appreciate your thumbs up, your comments, your shares, and your subscribes. Good luck.